Welcome to the first episode of the Path of a Swami podcast. Uh, my name is Swami Chirananda, and today I wanted to discuss a little bit about how I went on the spiritual path. So I was born in India, uh, specifically in Mysore, which is located in South India. And when I was very young, my mother moved to the States. And growing up in the States, I, even though I have dark skin, I was never into Hinduism. I was never into any type of Vedic practices. I almost felt sort of embarrassed by the whole thing. And as I mentioned in the trailer to this podcast, I always felt that going to the temple was about making deals with God, right? So we break a coconut because we want... Um, a new wife or a new husband. Uh, we contact an astrologer because we want uh, to see if we can make money. We uh, worship Ganesh so we can remove the obstacles so we can get better grades in school. We worship Goddess Saraswati because we want to be better at music. So in that way, we approach all of these various um, deities in Hinduism for material gain. And unfortunately, most elder Indians that follow the Vedic path, they have forgotten the deeper philosophy of why we worship these gods. And in some ways, uh, can't blame them because a lot of them moved to the States and it was all about making sure they were successful materially. You need to have a job, you need to have food on the table, you need to make money so your family is comfortable. But in that sort of pursuit for material safety, a lot of them forgotten about what is this practice about? What is this philosophy about? And over time, as that goes from generation to generation, we show up at the temple, we do the worship, but then we don't really know exactly the main reason for it. And this is what I've also noticed when people say, oh yeah, I know the Mahabharata, I know Krishna's life, I know Rama's life. Sure, we might have seen a, a TV show about it, we might have watched it on YouTube, but to understand it, it's not like you're understanding a, a, a Harry Potter book. It's not like you're reading The Lord of the Rings. There's a much deeper meaning behind it. And in order for us to understand that meaning, we have to approach a spiritual teacher. We have to approach a guru. And that guru guides us in the deeper understanding of what these scriptures mean. So just to say I watched a YouTube video and now I know the Bhagavad Gita or I know the Mahabharata, that's not the right way to approach it. It's a constant lifelong study under the guidance of teachers that have understood the meanings behind it and understood how we can apply it in our life to ultimately find peace and success. And in the future podcast, I'm going to speak a lot about dharma and how to do our duty properly. But for this specific episode, I wanted to focus more a little bit on, on the individual story of how I became a monk. So in this way, as, as I was growing up, I was 
first, I didn't really understand Hinduism. And secondly, it was not something that I even resonated with. So my focus was on making as much money as possible, being as successful as possible. So I graduated from university in the top of my university. And coming out of college, I got a job in investment banking. So mergers and acquisitions and finance. And I remember at the age of 21, I was making more money than most people would make after 20, 30 years. Uh, there, was a, there was a moment where I received one check for $40,000. And immediately I went and spent it, a lot of it on uh, nice suits, nice food, nice drinks. And so for me, it was all about gaining money and spending money on material gratification. And this is how I was for many, many years. And that's what drove me right? to make more and more and more money so I could spend more and more and more money. And even though this gave me a moment of happiness, this gave me something that I found some pleasure in for a night, for a few days, I always felt that once again, I became thirsty, right? It's like a, a person that is walking around in the desert, they get some water, they're satiated, and then they go out, then they're thirsty, and then they go back to the well. And so for me, I, went, I kept going back to the well of material gratification to make me happy. And of course, you know, being happy is not a bad thing. We all want to be happy. A monk wants to be happy. Um, people in the world want to be happy. But where we find that happiness, that's the difference. Right? So I was trying to find the happiness in the world. And I remember it was a New Year's and I had gone with my friends to a New Year's party and I was drinking and doing all of those things. And, and I, it was a really nice time. But then I wake up in the morning, I thought to myself, what's the point of this? Why do I keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? And I always give this analogy of, um, it was almost like uh, you can win the rat race, but at the end of the day, you're still a rat. Right? So it's this idea that you, you could win, you could have the biggest piece of cheese, but you're still a rat, you're still limited. Right? You've not risen above the limitations of duality. And we can see this with so many people. We can see this with Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or whoever is rich. It doesn't mean that they're happy. There's a saying that uh, the only difference between the rich and the poor is that the rich suffer more comfortably. Right? So they have some more comforts, but they're still going through their ups and downs and struggles just like everybody else. Some of the most depressed people I've ever met are the ones that are the richest. And so in this way, it's not about material wealth, it's about something more. Right? And this is also something we'll go into in the future podcasts as well. So I was sort of, I was shifting, my mind was shifting. I was starting to rethink how I was viewing reality. And I remember one time my cousin from India came and visited me and he was observing how I was living my life and he said, you have to change. Right? I said, okay, what do I do? 
how do I change? And he said, read this book. And he gave me the book called Autobiography of a Yogi. And it's a book about a great saint named Paramahamsa Swami Vishwananda, uh, Paramahamsa uh, Yogananda. And uh, he came to the United States and he taught Kriya Yoga. And in this book, he documents his life. He documents meeting um, Mahavatar Babaji, who's a 5,000-year-old yogi. He documents uh, his relationship with his guru and also miracles and meeting saints. And this book was, I read the book, but I have to say it was very intriguing, but I thought it was crazy. All of these unbelievable stories. And so I didn't think too much of it and I just put it aside. And some time went by and I would still go out partying to the clubs and all of these things. And, but something started to shift inside of me. I didn't enjoy it anymore. I would just question, why am I doing this? What is the point of this? And I would prefer to go home and just sit by myself in my room in the dark. I had no idea how to meditate. I had no idea breathing techniques or mantra chanting, but I just felt a sense of peace, closing my eyes and being by myself in my room. And this feeling started to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I, I felt less of a desire to go out, less of a desire to eat meat, less of a desire to drink or to smoke. And as this started to happen, I started to question a lot of reality. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to travel. At this time, I had um, taken my GMATs, which is a business school test. It's like you have to take it to go into business school. And somehow I had scored in a very high percentile. And I was able to get into mostly any of the Ivy League schools. And that test was uh, open for five years. So in this time, I thought, you know what, let me quit my job. To travel. And I went to many different places around the, uh, the world. And one of the places that I really wanted to go was India. Yeah, so I had planned this trip where I was going to go to uh, Germany and Spain and Italy and all these other places. And I thought, let me start in India. So I wasn't going to India because I um, um, was very spiritually inclined, but it was just something that drew me. Right? That's where I was born. But more than that, the Himalayan mountains it was a very intriguing place for me. So I decided to go and to see what happens. And so I booked my whole trip and I remember the last night I was in, um, in the United States. I was with my friends and we had um, gone somewhere uh, to a bar or something. And that last night I drank alcohol, I ate meat and I did some other things. And that was the last time I did any of those things again.
and I told my friends I'm leaving. And they all started to laugh at me. They said, what, are you crazy? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm just going to go and, and see what happens. So with that, I just went out and I got on a plane and I arrived in India. Yeah. So what's really interesting is that in India, I didn't realize this at the time, but there was an event that was happening, which only happens every 144 years. It was the same event that uh, Yogananda spoke about in the autobiography of a yogi, where his guru Sri Yukteswar met Mahavatar Babaji, who was a great saint, which I'll speak about in, a, in another podcast. And I just so happened to be there. And at the same time, because it happens every one year, four years, 12 years, and 144 years. So this specific one happens every 144 years. And I just found myself there. So I arrived and you know, I'm not going to go into the entire story. But long story short, there I met my spiritual teacher. And his name is Paramahamsa Swami Vishwananda. And it's said about a spiritual teacher, it's like imagine if you were in the desert in the night and it was extremely cold. Right? So you're very, very cold in the, in the dark, in the night. And you're traveling and as you're going from one place to another, you come across a fire. And that fire keeps you warm. And that fire gives you shelter. It protects you from the wild animals. You feel this warmth that comes over you. And that's exactly how it feels to meet an enlightened spiritual master. It's a feeling of warmth in the cold of material reality. And when I met him, I felt this deep love awaken inside of me. And I was just like, I need to know more about him. I need to follow him. I need to go wherever he's going. And so for the next two weeks or so, I just stayed with him. And when this Kumbh Mela event was coming to an end, I went to him, I said, Guruji, what do I do now? And he looked at me and said, come and spend some time with me in the ashram. And his ashram is, is in Germany near Frankfurt. So I said, sure. So I caught a plane from, Germ uh, from India and I went directly to Germany. And in Germany, I had so many amazing experiences, so many miracles, so many life-changing moments. But I was only supposed to be there for two weeks. But two weeks turned into one month, one month turned into one year, two years. Next thing I knew, I was there for eight years and I never went back to the United States. I never met my friends. I never went back to where I was from. And eight years later is when I went back to America after spending this time with my guru. And I started to speak about the spiritual path and about the Bhagavad Gita and how we can um, study Vedic philosophy. And so my hope is in the next 
episodes, I'll speak about some of the events that happened while I was in the ashram, as well as the trials and tribulations that I faced after I left and I had to come back into material world and and try and speak about these topics. So just a little short story of how I went on the spiritual path. Um, Hope you found it um, insightful and uh, hope to connect with you in the next episode. Much love. Take care.